Welcome back to Recap. I feel like that was a little aggressive. It's hyped. Yeah. Welcome back to Recap, the podcast where we talk about some of the latest news featured on our social media pages and beyond. We try to find the news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage our legislators to not only listen, but to also act on what they hear. I'm your most of the time host, Joshua Hyde, the president of Recap. And with me today are the greatest writer of all time, Anthony Arnold, and the most venerated professor of all time, Professor X, a.k.a. Alexander Crohanan. I'm in a riot. <laughs> You're gonna riot. You, you've introduced him twice, like, like in a row. You're, You're the, the, the most. You're the most venerated. Oh wait, wait, no, wait. No, no, it's the order. It's the oh, order. Okay, okay. You're introducing him first, so and you, I, I take, I take great umbrage with this. The disrespect. We'll I will not stand Nobody by this. Nobody will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> Heard. We'll just, your just, your just feedback really has been confused. noted. Just be really. You're just gonna make a liar out of me. <laughs> I ain't calling you a truth. <laughs> Why not? There, no, notes, Francine. Make a liar out of Alex with the release schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, let's go ahead and talk about some stuff. Today, uh, as I mentioned in our last episode, I want to start covering, uh, or at least a bit more in depth, some of the things that we share. Because I think the things that we share are really dope. And uh, I want to talk about them more. And so this episode is going to center around an article that was shared back in January of 2023. It's called What's the Matter with Men? And I will kind of get into kind of the meat of the article because that's the majority of kind of what I want to talk about. Not necessarily rehashing it, but kind of taking that same conversation into a different space, as it were. And uh, like most of these, I will attempt to share how successful I am depends on the future. But I will attempt to share the article itself in the post. So if you are seeing this on our page, you, there should be a link to the article itself. That way you can give it a quick read. Uh, and then from there, you can follow along with us when we have our further discussion on the article itself. Because I won't necessarily be covering the article in and of itself, just kind of taking uh, some of that. So here's here's kind of the general preface. Um, in an attempt to further the discussions that we've had about men and the issues they face, uh, I want to go ahead and take a look at that article and talk about it. But before we do... Anthony. Yeah. Let's talk about the poll. All right. This is uh, one of our more recent polls. Um, Jenna is a hardworking mother of three. She and her boyfriend were finally able to start saving for a house when Paul, Jenna's boyfriend, lost his job. But something happened. It turns out that since Paul was not able to watch the children, they saved so much money on daycare and aftercare costs that the loss of Paul's job didn't impact them as much as they thought it would. So they were going along with a routine. When the unthinkable happens, Paul and Jenna's four-year-old daughter, Alexis, their youngest, was beaten to death by Paul. For a while, no one knew what happened because in a panic, Paul hid her body and she was reported as missing. The truth came out and after a short manhunt, he was apprehended and charged with several counts, including child abuse, neglect, and second-degree murder. Jenna was at work when all this happened and her time and alibi has been accounted for and confirmed. However... She has also been arrested and charged not with murder, but with abuse and neglect. From what we can tell, the investigation did not find any evidence of abuse or neglect on either Paul or Jenna's part prior to this crime. The question was, should both parents be charged with abuse and neglect if only one parent actually committed the crime, the crime of murder, 
is there a situation similar to this one in which both parents should be charged? As some people know, our polls are very often based upon real events. In this one, of course, the names have been changed to protect the privacy of all involved. So, deep, uh, sort of dark poll. Um, I don't Definitely. know if either one of you wants to answer it first. I do. Right. I'll take it. I'll take it. So, obviously, it's the the circumstances of the crime itself yeah. lean more heavily toward the father right. since he was there and directly committed said crime. I believe that there is a world in where both effectively could be true. There's, it's very possible that like this was a, a very snap decision and Paul had no intention of creating the problem that he did and his child ended up getting murdered and his wife had no clue that that's something that would have happened, should have happened, had no indication that that's something she should have been worried about. On that same token, it's very possible that there were signs of abuse that were being hidden on both sides that that we would have no way to know about. And if it was possible to find that, it would be relevant to charge both because both would be, uh, there's a palpable, culpable, Yes, culpable. In this case, I based on what I know of the scenario, because I I did end up looking up this situation, you know, in in real life. I I do not believe that both parents should be charged. Yeah, because as far as I'm aware, there was no indication of abuse at all from both parties. Yeah, before this event. Yeah, and so in my mind, the fault lies with the with the father, and the father should be charged. All right. Alex? So in this particular case, uh, I'm inclined to agree. Like, they did their investigation and they, like, they have, they deemed that there wasn't any signs of those. But I do appreciate, like, I do think that the due diligence is necessary. Right. um, Because, I mean, you're, say, if you're in a like, if you're in a house like a household environment, like you, you know, as a um, spouses are like very intimately like, you know, uh, their lives are very intimately interwoven, and especially if you have children in the mix, and then you're constantly you're having to make sure that their needs are met, and so if one party is, uh, you know, being neglectful and there's, uh, outside of like, you know, like a divorce, if like, if they are cohabitating, then like odds are that like both parties are being, are, you know, uh, are share, are sharing some responsibility right. here, but the, there should probably be like some, so some act, uh, investigation to determine yeah. uh, if this is true or not. Yeah. I mean, I know when we, you know, in our, in our Slack channel, you know, I brought up, the legal definition of child abuse also includes failure to act to prevent. So, you know, so just as a hypothetical, right? Like we know of this link between say alcohol and violence. So if your partner is drunk and acting not necessarily outright violently, but acting erratically, let's say, and you leave your child at home. Would are you guilty of neglect? I mean, you knew your partner was drunk. You were aware that their behavior was 
that they were perhaps not in a good condition to be watching a child. If something happens, did you fail to act? Yes. Right. Now, I don't think most people would think of that as an example of child abuse or neglect, but legally failure to act counts as a counts as the stand. That is the legal standard in most states, hmm. mm-hmm. which which, you know, we can have some questions about like, oh, that and, and that even covers like emotional trauma. And I go, that opens up probably a much wider door than we think to being to being charged with these. Yeah. Um, I feel like if if that is where we're going, especially for us, like in our generation, yes. a lot of our parents probably could have <laughs> and to some degree should have been charged with. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, because this is what it says. I'll read directly from the Federal Child Abuse uh, Act. Any recent act or failure to act on the part of a parent or caretaker, which results in death, serious physical or emotional harm, sexual abuse or exploitation. And uh, that's a fairly broad definition. Yeah. So even under these circumstances, I mean, depending on the extenuating circumstances, they could go, look, he had show behavior the morning of the murder. You should have picked up on that. You did not. You are legally responsible for that. I, and, the, and and if that gets argued in court, I would understand right. why they would do that. Right. Now, I personally wouldn't, but I, I understand why that charge right. happened. Now, this becomes really complicated. I mean, because if someone is abusive, perhaps they're abusive to their partner. The partner goes, I am also afraid. That's why I didn't act. But, you know, the law uh, won't save you there. Correct. So. Alex? I feel like that would be well, a determination. <laughs> well, um, so like, you look like you're sitting on something. Well, I'm always sitting on something. Got, Look at say, him. I've got some comp. Lol. Um, see what you did there. Um, <laughs> so, I've got some complicated feelings about this. So, in a in, uh, and this is this will tie back to dovetail with uh, with my trends analysis a, All right. a bit later. Um, but if we have if we have the systems that we are promised. Um, and I'll say, and like the the like the fine, you know, the fines for this and the jail time for this, like, won't be won't be so punitive as to make like a plea deal like the most likely thing, and like they actually do get to litigate this in court. Then like like that's that's the ideal that's the, the ideal situation. Look, um, we say we the state did our due diligence. We did this investigation. We believe that yes, and the like under these circumstances with your like with this knowledge, um. You should have, uh, you should have acted, or you know, I say, or in your example, like, uh, she would say, we believe that um, she was that uh, the woman here was a was all, or say the other spouse, not necessarily the woman, but like the spouse was also a victim of abuse, and so we are going, we don't think that they should be charged in like in this case, right. Um, like you have some discretion, and then in addition to like the DA discretion, you also have like the jury discretion, and just being like, we don't, we, we, right? There's right, we, yeah. So, even if a crime w- was committed, we don't think this person should be punished. Correct. Correct. And yes, we are technically supposed to have that, but since you said <laughs> that dovetails with your trend, I think we'll leave our discussion, <laughs> and uh, unless the president. Would like to override me? I think we can comfortably go. No, no, I, I think I'll go ahead and let that stand. All right. I, I don't think I need to veto that one. Yes, I get to do the transition <laughs> to you, Alex, for the trends. 
Oh, all right. I'm happy. I'm so happy you, you got that. All right. So, uh, frequently, uh, in order to, like, ev- uh, evaluate ourselves, it is uh, frequently useful to discuss, like, other systems and then, like, give, use that as a as a mirror. Yeah. So... Familiar with this concept, yes. Let's begin with... So let's talk about the new public order bill being pushed by the UK government. Yeah. Let's talk about so it. So this is per the this is per gov.uk. I just want to do a quick uh, synopsis. This government fully supports the right of individuals to engage in peaceful protest. However... <laughs> The serious disruption caused by a small minority of protesters has highlighted that more needs to be done to protect the public and businesses from these unacceptable actions. The measures in the public order bill will improve the police's ability to manage such protests and take a proactive approach to prevent such disruption happening in the first place. This will ensure that police can better balance the rights of protesters against the rights of others to go about their daily business and to focus their resources on keeping the public safe. So that is their official stance. They are trying to balance the protected right to protest and the made-up right of others to go about their daily business. So uh, let's talk about what is actually in the bill. So this comes from The Guardian. So there are three major sections here. So the first of which is uh, new protest-related offenses. So uh, what they call locking on. So protests are attaching themselves or other people um, or objects or buildings to cause disruption. Uh, and, say, and going equipped to lock on, uh, as well as causing serious disruption by tunneling or obstructing major transport works and interfering with key national infrastructure. The penalties for this crime include... Death. <laughs> Unlimited fines. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and prison sentences up to say up to twelve months, or both, or both, or both. Okay, so financial death. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. So this is this is uh, say for the uh, you know again the grotesque crime of locking on of let's say of locking on to your like locking on to other people or locking on like to let's say and then like to an object. Yeah, like tying yourself to a tree. To like tying from... yourself to a tree. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, say or uh, handcuffing yourself to uh, like to a door or you know, anything like that. Interesting. All right. Serious disruption prevention order, which will allow the court to bar an individual from associating with other activists, um, being in a specific place or having particular items like bike locks or super glue, or encouraging others to commit a protest-related offense, uh, let's say, like through social media. Huh. This yeah. could be enforced by the imposition of an electronic tag, and the breaches would, uh, let's say, uh, could lead up to... 12 months in prison, specifically 51 weeks. Or, as an unlimited fine, or both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And finally, uh, the new stop and search powers for protests will allow police to intervene if they believe... Oh, no. Yeah. Somebody has an object intended to help them to commit a protest-related offense. Yeah. A uh, A category that could improve... That could include bike locks or signs. Yep. 
Police will also be granted new powers to stop and search anyone attending a protest, even if they have no grounds for suspicion that they are carrying an item, but think someone else in the area might be. Oh, no. And again, you could be charged with either of those other two things. And you get one to go one step further. Do you know the criteria that they have used for these disruption events? If you inconvenience two or more persons... Wow! Two or I say two or more people disruptive USA. This is a this is an you're affront. Charged. You're charged. That's crazy. What? Yeah. Goodness Lord. So yeah. uh, this bill is slowly. I say initially this bill was part of another. I say another bill. And uh, and but in order to get through the House of Commons, they basically tore all of these things out. Right. But now the government is reintroducing it as its right. own standalone bill, right. and it's working its way through the House of Lords. God, Correct. No. Yep. And is this essay and has already made its way through the House of Commons. Um, once it's approved by the House of Lords, then like they will play because it's slightly different variations in each bill. So then they'll play ping pong with each other as they as they as they argue over you know the exact provisions in the yeah. same way that like. The house, like the house yeah. and the Senate work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But God, effectively, that awful. just it trying is. to kill the right to protest. In the Actually, UK. though, because yes. that's literally all it does. Yes, it's going to kill the first. What would be 100%. our first amendment? Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if were you done. Well, I mean, so that that's the end of the story in the UK. So yes. we can. Yes. So the question becomes like, so right. So in the U.S., we have the Bill of Rights. Right. So the first, you know, say the the this set of ten, uh, yes. say ten amendments that like the government cannot uh, um, yes. infringe upon. Ensures us certain rights for those of you who either slept in, slept through, or don't remember <laughs> your high school history. You are guaranteed certain things. By the first ten amendments, really the first eight with nines and tens acting as some some add-ons, but yeah, right. Um, and among we, those include <laughs> <laughs> right. So among those include well, uh, so the Sixth Amendment, which is the right to a speedy and public trial, yep. trial by an impartial jury yep. in criminal charges, and the and the ability to face your accuser. Yep. And we have the ascend the Seventh Amendment, which is the jury trial in federal like in federal civil cases. Yep. Uh, we have the Fifth Amendment, which is the protection of search and seizure. So, um, well, that's fourth. Sorry, fourth. Sorry, you're right. Fifth Amendment is uh, sorry, is charges stated by a grand jury. So you can't, you know, it's all. This also includes the double jeopardy. Yep. Uh, a property cannot be taken away with uh, without just compensation, and people have the right to uh, not incriminate themselves right. and have the right to due process. Hence, pleading the fifth. Yes, you have so the pleading, right not to self-incriminate. Right. Fourth is the right, right on, to on remain cer- silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. Right, the Miranda rights. The Miranda yep. rights, yep. So, uh, say, Fourth Amendment is unreasonable search and seizure. And then the Eighth Amendment, which we don't really talk about very often, is excessive bail, fines, yep. and cruel and unusual punishment. Yep. Now, everyone remembers the cruel and unusual punishment, but no, no one, one remembers excessive bail. Yes, yes. And, and again, it's important to clarify. Like, so we summarize. Fourth is uh, search and seizure. Fifth is self-incrimination. Sixth is speedy trial. 
Eight is excessive bail. The government, according to the Constitution, doesn't have the right to do any of those things to you. And yet. And yet. Here we find her. So if you were to be charged, so uh, we could be charged with uh, um, disrupting, disturbing the peace. Yes. You are attending, say you got too raucous at a, uh, at a protest. Well, um, you were at, say, using the similar grounds as the, like, as the law, because we have very similar laws to what they already have, like, to what's being proposed. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, like, it's not in a single bill like that. It's, like, it's been gradually built up over time through the Supreme Court. So, uh, if, say, so if you, so if you are present when a crime is committed, well, then the police have, like, grounds to, like, to, like, to, like, to search you, right? Well, that would seem to violate the Fourth Amendment. Yep. So, like, you don't, like, we don't really have like the Fourth Amendment, like, yep. um, as uh, in like the way that we, we would think about it. Well, that's also a form of self-incrimination. Yep. And uh, say, and then with like civil asset forfeiture, suppose that they say while they were, well, I say while they search or say while they were searching you, they seized uh, petty cash. They seized your wallet. Yes. Well, th- well that's civil asset forfeiture, and we're just going to keep the cash. Right. Correct. I mean, we look at these. We go, well, did did well, Breonna Taylor have a Fourth Amendment? When Khalif Browder sat in Rikers for three years, including solitary confinement for seven hundred days, this was from years ago. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah. For the alleged crime of stealing a backpack with yeah. a one thousand dollar bail, and sat in Rikers Island for three years without a trial, did he have an Eighth Amendment? Did he have a Sixth Amendment? Because he sat in Rikers for three years without a trial, and his bail was excessive for the crime of allegedly stealing a backpack allegedly allegedly <laughs> correct did he have an eighth or a sixth did brianna taylor have a fourth and if they can force you to sit in prison will you just self-incriminate for, for, to get the hell out yeah, say, for a say, crime that say, you are say, alleged of alleged say, right say, is, say, is that due process correct and right. so while the uk might be very actively trying to undermine their civilian their citizens right to protest We've done the same thing. Yep. We've just done it indirectly. Yep. Because if you don't have the right to unreasonable search, you know, to not be unreasonably searched because you are tangentially associated with a protest. Right. Or, you know, a crime that may have may or may not have been committed. Right. If you don't have the right to to uh, process of the law and just compensation and the right to avoid self-incrimination. And you don't have the right to a speedy dr- uh, trial by an impartial jury. And you don't have the right to excessive bail. What rights do you have? Then right. do you really have the First Amendment right? right. Do, do you, you really have the right to attend a protest? Right. Do you or- really have a Second Amendment right? Do you? I mean, because the government can kick in your door with a no-knock raid. By yep. a, with a warrant signed by a judge in a non-adversarial process. Correct. And they can get the legal right to kick in your door. And they can throw you in jail for years without a trial. Without any crime, without being charged for a crime. Yeah. Yep. So do you have the First Amendment or the Second Amendment or any of the other amendments? I feel like this needs to be its own episode. <laughs> like, there's a lot to dig into here. Yeah. Yeah. Just jot that down. We'll, we'll but actually, down like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that bad. Yes. yes. I mean, uh, I put in our Slack, we often 
laugh, we as people who are more progressive, we often laugh at the idea that, well, my Second Amendment is in jeopardy. But as people who are progressives, we actually see and, and highlight examples of Fourth Amendment abuses, Fifth Amendment abuses, Eighth Sixth Amendment, Amendment abuses. abuses. We highlight this all the time. And while we may disagree with the idea of gun ownership or the idea of religious stuff, the logical conclusion, if you don't have four, five, six, and eight, is actually you, don't you really have don't have one or two. Yeah. No, like, no, you really don't. It's the bill of I put this in our stack. The Bill of Rights is a holistic thing. In order for any of them to exist, they all have, have to, to exist. exist. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the point. But we've systematically taken them away. Right. And when we, you know, when we do an episode, we'll get into the Supreme Court cases that have actually I like, I feel like that's this. absolutely something that I need to look into myself and yeah. and get some skin in the game on because yeah. that ooh. This isn't just me and Alex like spitballing. There yeah, no, there's is... been Supreme Court decisions. I so, believe that. So like the one that I think drove Alex when he was like, "Wait, what?" A decision about 15 years ago, uh, it was a Michigan Supreme Court case. You were, I think you were familiar with the fruit of the poison tree idea that the police cannot use. Ev- that does not apply to the Fourth Amendment. I'm sorry, what? Evidence evidence obtained during a, even if the police violate your Fourth Amendment right and, you know, obtain evidence of a crime, they can still use the evidence even if the search was a Fourth Amendment violation. <laughs> yes. What? I. Do you remember the name of that case? Uh, I. Can... Wow. Yeah. I'm losing my shit here, guys. Uh, wow. Yeah. Oh man. I, I didn't even want to talk about the normal topic now. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Uh, I can try. Okay. I can probably find it. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to the memory banks for for uh... the future. I know I posted a link. It was this one, Hudson versus Michigan. The Supreme Court held that um, a violation of the Fourth Amendment requirement that police officers knock, announce, and wait does not require suppression of the evidence obtained in the ensuing search. 2006, Hudson versus Michigan. 2006? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All so. right. Fuck your Fourth Amendment. <laughs> Fuck your Fourth Amendment. Even if they break it, they can still use the evidence found against you. That's some... Cr- okay. Okay. I- I'm going to have to stop thinking about that because otherwise <laughs> I won't. Uh, so we're we're just going to go ahead and move on because, uh, <laughs> because uh, yeah, otherwise we're going to be here for forever. Yeah. And I do want to talk about the article that I brought up earlier <laughs> that's, because that's, that's not what... That's, this episode was about the article. Let's do it. So let's with the, with the, with the time we got left, let's go ahead and dig into it a little bit. Uh, so to give you kind of a general preface of what the article is talking about, um, it's it's basically saying that men of today are facing several problems. Uh, the issues themselves aren't uniquely American either. They're affecting men across the globe. A few of the things they bring up are the fact that men have been uh, having or boys have been having issues in schools and men have been dropping out of the workplace while women have been rising to fill in the gaps. The kicker is 
No one seems to have a clear handle as to why. Several things have been brought up, but none of them have been the, you know, point to this and say, this is the reason why men are having issues today. And so I want to ask you guys some questions because I know we've had some conversations yeah. about men and men-related issues. And I know at some point that's going to be, you know, its own its own thing that we cover here. However, uh, just to kind of get that get those gears turning in both us and the people who are listening – uh, I want to do my normal thing. I'm going to give you a preface and ask you a question and see how you respond. All right. It has been made clear in many ways that the majority of the issues plaguing men of today are created by men of the past. Since the article does not have an exact idea as to why men are having so many problems nowadays, I'm opening the question up to you. Do you have an idea as to the why behind the fact that these issues are coming to a head now? Um, I do. I'm going to try to give like a TLDR version. I was going to do effectively the same thing. Yeah. So societal change is always occurring. When any sort of big change occurs, there's good and there's bad. This doesn't mean anyone's at fault. It's just a normal thing. No change is all good. Things get, you know, there's, there's, there's sort of, we didn't predict this would happen. And there, you know, and, and that's normal. And it's clear, global society, at least in the West, changed. Women moved into the workforce. This is good. Women start earning their own income. This is good. These were good changes that were made. Other changes came along. We started, to call back to another episode, automating jobs. We started sending jobs away. But as Alex and I have discussed, you know, uh, privately before, when we look at the jobs that were lost, there wasn't an equal uh, gender bu- uh, distribution between men and women. When we say manufacturing jobs were lost, it's not as if men and women were working those jobs equally. Those are mostly male jobs. So what actually happened is like a, a lot of men lost their jobs. It'd be like if we eliminated teaching, like it wouldn't be equal. It'd be mostly women losing their jobs because yeah, that, that area is predominantly. <clears throat> now, it is exactly. worth, so now it is worth noting that that was not that the elimination of those of those jobs was like was intentional, but uh, the the segregation there was right. intentional. Those right. jobs were. Like, right. were intentionally left away from, like, women were kept out of those jobs. Yes. And this was, again, bad. <laughs> yes, this was bad, but as you and I have talked, um, like, man, the manufacturing jobs of, like, the Industrial Revolution were were dangerous. Like, yes. Pe- people didn't want those. <laughs> like, yeah, these men were, like, dying. Yes, or and, getting, like... <laughs> Horrifically injured. Right. Like maimed and breathing in coal. Like, do you want to go mine some coal? We found the biggest, strongest dude who has no other options. And he's going to go into the earth and like die for some coal. Do, do you want to sign up? <laughs> no. So all these change happens. Some of them good. Some of them bad. Some things unintended. And we arrived at a different place where I do think a lot of men are unsure of what they're doing professionally. They're unsure of where they're supposed, like what careers are they supposed to be going into. As we talked about, we eliminated the like shop programs that I think were were really helpful for a lot of men to like usher them into careers where like you know 
Especially like the vocational ones. Yes. Like metalworking, woodworking. Yes. We eliminated the path to those jobs. Um, you know, I, I have kids, like my kids don't do shop, but I still did shop. I don't know if you guys did. We did, did you not. Do you didn't do any shop. So I did at, at Eastwood, like I did the shop thing where you like build a clock and like build a race car. and like, oh, that's cool. I'm working with wood. Oh, that's pretty neat. I got shop work because I was in theater. And so there was a lot of shop work because, right. you know, we were building sets and like building right. props and all that other good stuff. So I still got some experience right. there, but like it wasn't like a mandatory course right and like that's funny because the age gap between us like i am older than you guys but it's not super huge mm -hmm. but apparently it's large enough where i at a public middle school did get shop and you guys so shop not. was available at my high school yeah one of the we're one of the, we were i think we actually still have some shop vocational yeah. things um because we're kind of an industrial like right in an industrial See, i got area. it in middle school um i was like, uh, say but i i personally didn't do it yeah. um i was i was learning programming and doing the <laughs> i was doing the smart things <laughs> the smart people things checks. not uh, checks not, out not doing not <laughs> that, that tracks yeah, yeah. yeah. so to put a button on my point we changed society in a lot of ways and we didn't necessarily think through well what will we do after these changes come on what will things look like and that's no one's fault you can't predict the future like you make changes, you do the best you can, and then somewhere down the road, you circle back and go, ah, shit, we broke a couple things. We, we got to circle back and fix the thing that we inadvertently accidentally broke. So, What's actually interesting is that my, my response is very similar to yours in yeah. that, like, the issue that I think a lot of people are dealing with is the fact that society is changing, but people aren't. Right. And we want, like, society as a whole wants to, like, maintain itself because people don't like change yeah but like society has to change because like the world is constantly changing as right. you said and i think a lot of people don't quite under well the two things i think are happening a lot of people don't quite understand where their new role is in this now changed society and two people as a whole especially men are becoming a lot more introspective yes. than they used to be because beforehand you didn't really have either the time or the emotional intelligence to be introspective. You just did what you had to do because right. that's what you had to do. Right. Whereas now, because, you know, we aren't the only breadwinners and because, you know, it's not solely up to us to make things happen, we have the ability to examine ourselves and look at our faults and right. think about where all of these things are coming from. Right. And I think because of that, it's causing a lot of people to re-examine what they want, not necessarily what they have to do, but what they want right. to do. Right. And I think that's that's what's creating a lot of the like difference that we've seen, especially in men as of late. That's why right. we've seen a lot of men do things like paint their nails. Right. Uh, do things that are traditionally considered feminine. Because right. in many cases, those don't technically have to be feminine things. That's just what we've attributed them to. Yeah. Be. Yeah. I mean, look, I really wish, you know, for those of you who don't know, Nick is in, uh, Nick had to do some other things, whatever. He had to go enjoy his life. The homie. Uh, Nick the homie. And if he was here, he'd be like, this is gender role stuff. And for those of us who know, like, that's Nick will tell you all about that. And he's right. Yeah. Um, because gender roles just change. Like, men used to wear stockings, like a certain class of men. Well, now they don't. Well, that's just because, like, it changed. But an example of this is, like, we didn't have paternity leave for the longest time. No one thought about that. Yeah, well, because that was traditionally, right. like, the woman's... right thing but there's nothing that says men can't be good loving 
fathers, fathers and caretakers. Yeah. That's just not a role we assign to them. But there's, there's, I've always rejected the idea that I'm like, I'm like, that's not, I don't think that's true. We just didn't ask men to do it. Just right. like no one thought women could teach. I put this in our chat. No one thought women could teach until the 1800s when women started teaching. Like, oh, but the gender role, the gender norm was like, well, women aren't smart enough to teach. And then they started teaching. They're like, huh. And now we have the exact opposite. We're like, well, of course women are excellent teachers. They're so much better at it naturally. Well, that's not what you thought like 150 years ago. Not at all. You literally <laughs> had the exact opposite idea 150 years ago. So this shit could just change. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 150 years ago, women didn't even have the right to vote right. for own property. Right. <laughs> You're like, women can't vote. They're clearly not intellectual enough to handle the responsibility of voting. Neither yes. were you, Joe Schmo. <laughs> like, what? Yes. Yes. Tell me more as you elect your presidents about how intellectual you are in your choices. <laughs> Please. Do tell. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, well, uh, but before I move on, Alex, do you, do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share? You don't have to if you don't want to. We've covered. We've, we've hit them. Okay. Okay. So uh, the only other question that I really had about this is specifically regarding the idea of guy talk, because yeah. that's one of the things that we've been a very, a very big proponent of is, you know, guys handling guy issues. Yeah. How much do we think that uh, basically that was the, the, the TLDR of the preface? Yeah. How much do we think guy talk will be necessary in solving this particular subset of male issues, vital. Yes. Uh, so we, you could largely call this like the masculinity crisis, right? Because uh, so something we we hinted at, it and I'll just like say it like more explicitly. So Anthony, you're talking about like the factory jobs going away. So what I'll say, developing economies do like because capitalism. Um, uh, we like you know we want Lizzie, we want low cost things so we move labor to places where we can pay people less um, even if it's less efficient. Um, well, but that means like a lot of the manual labor, a lot of the physical jobs, a lot of the tr jobs that are associated with traits that we associate with men are like are gone. Well, that leaves a lot of men who liked those jobs, who are interested in those things, who would be good, who had based their, like I say, their self-identity and their like self-worth on these types of jobs just don't have a place to go. Yeah. And instead, because we are like we're developed, we are a developed nation, we are instead replacing those jobs with like mental jobs where you say you have to do like a mental labor or you have to do emotional labor, like retail. And it's like, well... But I, but our society has ground emotional intelligence out of men because we want you to go do the labor thing. We want you to go into the mine. Right. We want you to mine. Right. We don't want you, let's say, we want you to sit there, shut up, and mine. We don't want you to talk to your neighbors and, and think, create, let's say, and, and make, let's say, and do empathy and make organizations and organize and make unions. We don't want that. Right. Right. So we will beat... So right. we will, say, and if we don't do it, uh, we won't physically do it. We will do it uh, legally. Say, right. Uh, right. Socially. We will just beat, the, <laughs> we will beat these ideas out of you and yeah. we will replace them with other things. Right. And now you just have a whole generation or two 
or, or three, three. <laughs> right, right, of men who are just like, but I don't have anywhere to go now. Right, my whole identity, my whole worldview is based upon my ability to provide for myself and uh, to provide for myself and others and to protect them. And you have taken that ability that away from me. Right. What do I do now? Right. And you know, we'll we'll get into this as we go. Like with even more because you know we'd have to go back and examine we go back to the 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 idea of what chivalry was of honor and honor cultures which were such a huge part of humanity for the longest yep. time and like the thing we are struggling with now is yes because we had these codes of behavior that were set for men not entirely by men but obviously largely by men and well now we're shifting into we want a different code of behavior. We don't want honor cultures. We don't want chivalry, this old chivalrous ideas. And I was like, well, okay, we have to transform this into something new. And look, I, when I say this stuff, I always want to be clear. If you look at the feminist movement, they went through this, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, the feminist movement wasn't all women standing together and being like, oh, we're all on the same side. You get No, the feminist movement. Oh, no, oh, no. They hated each other. They had some real, one. like, oh, we don't know about this. Sh-. Like, I don't know about this going to the workforce shit. Okay, <laughs> Like, I don't know about. There were a lot of women who were like, they, they had to have it out. Like, okay, women, before we move forward, we're going to have to have it out. And in some ways, women are continuing to have it out with each other. Like, mm-hmm. hey, guys. Just like women had to have it out with each other as they developed new norms and new roles. I mean, yeah, men, we're going to have to have it out with each other. And it's never going to go away, but it's not unusual. Part of advancing women's role in society was, yes, women talking to each other and having it out with their friends and their neighbors. And like, nope, we're going to talk about this because I'm going to work. And if you're going to sit there and judge me, we're going to have some problems. So... You can't tell me well, you're not as good of a mom as I am because I don't work. Oh, come again? <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We're not gonna do that. So yeah, guys, talking. We we have to like. It's gonna be a vital part of men transitioning into new roles, overturning old harmful norms, and replacing these things with things that make sense in the 21st century. <laughs> Well, yeah, because a lot of them don't. And specifically, <laughs> a lot of them don't. I was like, and specifically in a developed nation Correct. in the 21st Correct. century. Yes. that is a very big difference. Yes. So, yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> we'll, we'll call it there. <laughs> this podcast, like all of our others, <laughs> has been brought to you in part by El Yag Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians. And, of course, Pointcast News. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please visit our website, News, or you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like and follow us on Facebook for more podcasts, articles, and polls like the ones we covered today. Thank y'all for joining me. Thank you all for listening at home. We'll see you next time. But before I go, for the first time, I'm going to give a small extra note. Because, again, we're talking about men here. That was, that was the goal of the episode, talking about men and men issues. Just like Anthony said, women had to figure some stuff out and if if some women had an issue with other women going into the workforce y'all just gonna have to deal with it guys we have to stop we have to stop with the gay slander we just have to like there's no way 
to move forward if we are crabs pulling each other back into the bucket if a man wants to paint his nails let him paint his nails it is not hurting or harming you in any way shape or form those are not your nails it does not matter we'll see you next time josh out